This is Dr. Duane, and once again, I'm coming to you unaccompanied, unscripted, and unfiltered. Today, I'm a witness. It's that dynamic of deep calling unto deep, the godlikeness in me calling to the godlikeness in you, that I believe is fundamental to our humanity. And it's the appeal to that divinity in each of us that presents the opportunity to rise above these constructs, which increasingly do not serve us. It is that appeal to divinity which, well, I've been thinking a lot lately about being a witness. (laughs) And I'm not talking about that witness spoken of by Maureen Peel, that high yellow dream child of Toni Morrison's bluest eye. Maureen bragged about how her family loved suits. They believed in suits. And how her family sued Isley's and... A friend of her father's, a policeman, bared the witness, so the suit went through. No, I'm talking about that, that Reverend Timothy Wright, I'll be a witness. That Shirley Caesar miracle in Harlem, I'm a witness. I'm talking about that sanctified witness for the Lord that echoes through my time in the apostolic church. Yes, Dr. Duane was, well, in a manner of speaking, raised in the apostolic church. He wasn't born into the apostolic church, but best described, he was compelled. What I'm saying is that, not coincidentally, around the time of my adolescent hormonal rage, somewhere around 15, not only was I profoundly sexual in my experience of the world, but I was also profoundly spiritual. And I wrestled with these dichotomies of my experience. I wrestled with them in private. I'm not trying to paint a picture of a teenage promiscuous Dwayne. (laughs) No. The promiscuity came much, much later. But the battle that raged in my mind, that battle was very, very sexual and very, very spiritual. I was the teenager who had subscriptions to Plain Truth, Guideposts, whatever the religious, freely available print literature was at the time, because this was before the internet, right? I had it, and I steeped myself in the writings of these publications, because I wanted to know. I wanted to have a framework to express this side of myself, which was so deeply and urgently in need of a home. But at age 15 in rural South Carolina, that choice was, it was stark. It was not many contoured. In many ways, that choice involved Well, it involved an embrace 
of one dimension of my being and it involved absolute abandonment and desolation of the other. And so at age 15 and some change of my own volition, I joined the Apostolic Church. I created quite a stir in my family. Oh, my father was livid, but I held my ground because I knew that this was the way forward for me. And eventually, (laughs) he gave in. He let me do what I wanted to do. And from age 15 until the time that I came out as a married father, nearly a decade later, I was the poster child of the Apostolic Church. (laughs) I was the leader of the youth And of course, as the overachieving, valedictorian, (laughs) world-traveling, hardworking, not bad to look at, (laughs) certainly charming presence that I was, that role was tailor-made for me. But eventually, water finds its level. And eventually, I had to learn how to bring my whole self online. And I'm not going to tell you (laughs) that that process was a smooth one. No, it involved some hard knocks, my friends. Many of you were there to witness them. But the language of that experience and certainly the shelter of that experience, because I do believe that it kept me safe. I do believe that my time in the apostolic church, yes, speaking in tongues, I wasn't much of a shouter. could never really lend myself to, (laughs) you know, that physical abandonment. And for me, it was about just the, it was about relinquishing the control of my physical self. (laughs) We can unpack that later, but the emotional fluidity, the lyrical beauty of the whole experience Oh, it resonates with me to this day. There is a language. There is a cadence. There is a texture of this charismatic experience in, well, it's traditionally been Black America, but that experience has been co-opted by certainly mainstream America in so many different forms at this point, and by extension, the world. Azusa is known by all, whether in name or not. But my point is that the rhythms of that decade as a sanctified and holy, speaking in tongues, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, man of God, because that's certainly what I was recognized as and what I thought of myself as. I still carry them with me to this day. And they are still, better said, they are truer in this day than they were then because they're no longer filtered through any degree. Well, that's an extreme, but certainly it's filtered through less of a degree of subterfuge, many less layers of self-denial. And yes, my religion today is practicing that rigorous deconstruction of these walls that I built around myself and showing up in this space, my facet of the diamond, 
with all of the glory of God that I contain on display. And that is only possible because of the synthesis, not the exclusion, but the synthesis of my spiritual and my sexual selves. What I'm ultimately talking about here is shame and no longer tolerating it. Owning that I chose it, owning that it was the fuel of the flames of hell in which I imprisoned myself, but also owning that I have the power, I have the strength to keep myself free and to free myself further on a daily basis. That's what I'm doing here. That is the message and the mission. And for those of you who hear something of yourself, because this is the point. See, when sanctified people talked about being a witness, they knew that it was life and death. They knew that them showing up was a response to the call, (laughs) the call that was made by Christ. Christ charged his disciples to go into all the world and to effectively be witnesses of his grace, his gospel, his works, his power. I mean, this is the kernel of the seed of the gospel message. And we took that seriously. As the set-aside, sanctified, (laughs) preordained of God, And our job was to go out every day and to show up so that those who were seeking could see God showing up in me. If I walk the way he wants me to walk, he'll show up in me, show up in me. That was the way that we lived because we believed that it was life and death. That me not showing up could mean the difference in that person that God put in my path On that day, recognizing the glory of God in me and tapping me on the shoulder and saying, hey, how do I get like that? And that was my opportunity to witness to them. Those of you who know, (laughs) you know exactly what I'm saying. I don't have to unpack it any further than that. But that same phenomena, that's how we learn. That's the divinity that Nadia Boltz Weber is referencing in her sermon. It's the fundamental element upon which our pattern recognition machines of brains have been constructed, whether by creation or by evolution, you choose. But the fact is that we are pattern recognition machines and our ability to recognize in others the things that we know to be true, the things that resonate in our deepest cisterns, the truths that will bring us forward into our next phases of being, that dynamic of recognition person to person is what drives this process of moving us forward. And in this digital age, as much as we are, yes, suffering from the double-edged sword of tribalism, in this digital age, there is also profound power for us to access, leverage, co-opt, appropriate in the pursuit of both our individual 
and collective good. So today, I'm a witness. I took those steps one at a time as I mounted the Speak Love stage. And with every step, I reminded myself who I was there to reach. And that vision kept me agnostic to the disinterested faces, to the frowning faces, and then eventually to the enlivened, engaged, smiling, laughing, cheering faces. But even those I would not let myself be distracted by. Because in the end, what fuels my journey, what keeps my butt in the seat, is this singular mission that you who are listening, who are wondering, how am I going to show up in this crazy world? How am I going to stay safe? And how am I going to bring all of my giftings and treasure as a gift to myself and a gift to this world? You. I'm talking to you. And I'm here to let you know that it can be done. You can survive all of the ups and downs, the ins and outs, the twists and turns, self-imposed or otherwise. You are strong enough and we are here to help. I am here to help. And those who vibrate where we vibrate, (laughs) over here in this tribe, we are here for you. So don't give up. Reach out and let's continue to grow in grace together because I am a witness that you are loved, that you are love, and that we are waiting for you. We can't do this thing without you and the world will be less than it ever could if you don't show up. So let's keep digging deep. Let's keep pushing forward, knowing that we are strong enough. Just by virtue of being here, we are strong enough. Love and light, my friends. God bless. Find more content from the heart and mind of Dr. Dwayne at drdwaynemd.substack.com. That's drdwaynemd.substack.com. Come vibe with our tribe.